0: Hello, this is Holden Albrey. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Alfred Arbic, father of Rob Arbic. Great dude. Hope you all enjoy
1: the show.
2: Hello, everyone. This is Bill After, and I just
3: finished taping an episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler, or Tyler and Mike. They're brilliant hosts. You've got to listen. You've got to see. Count It Out. Yeah. I endorse it. They've got the after-chat seal of approval.
0: Can I get a who day? Congratulations, Mike, from the Count It Out podcast. Mike and Tyler, congratulations on 100 episodes next week. I've never done 100 of anything, so that's got to be an amazing feeling to bang out 100 awesome episodes of your Countdown show. I hear you guys are based out of Toronto, and you're also some Bengals fans. Well, shit. I was born a Bengals fan. My daddy played for the Bengals, so I got nothing else but to be a Bengals fan. Congratulations on your 100th episode. What an important milestone. Hey, I might have to start a podcast on my own and call it Flying Brian Pillman Jr. Podcast. Have a good one, you guys.
3: (laughs) Hey guys, it's Bronwyn Billington, also known as the Dynamite Doll, here to wish you a happy 100th episode of Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. I'm super proud of you guys and how far you've come and also super happy we were able to become friends meeting through doing your podcast. I hope that this next year and your next 100th episodes will be just as successful. Love, Chester and Bronwyn.
1: well we are live pal for the 100th time welcome to the bill after sealed of approved counted out with mike and tyler and for the 100th time mike how the hell are you doing
3: i i feel weird man this is i mean second time on this show but second time we recorded it and i'm drinking a coffee
1: yeah the daytimes are not kind to us
3: (laughs) we don't this is not what we do uh not only like usually it's it's 11, 11 o'clock 12 o'clock at night we're both in the bag uh, kids in bed you know wives are in bed no both recordings for the show my kid is two feet away from me uh could do something at any point in time and i'm drinking a coffee it, it, it feels weird we'll get back to i think we'll get back to normal next week
1: well before we get into everything just want to say a big thank you to everybody that you just heard at the top of the show There, sending us some congratulations on our 100th episode some pretty big names there and it ties in with the theme of the episode because today we are joined joined by a huge name uh huge huge name current wwe producer slash uh, agent uh two-time tag team champion uh, like I say in our interview, Big big Cat Dad, uh, TJ Wilson Tyson Kid is joining us for a special interview on our 100th episode today. And uh big, big thank you, of course, to our friend Bronwyn. We love you so much. Thank you for helping us with this.
3: It, it was a really fun episode, too. A really fun interview. Uh, probably, oh, it's definitely my top three interviews we've done in the last 100 shows. Uh, he was just a lot of fun. He was just a real guy yeah you know, there's yeah. No, there was, there was no bullshit about him there's no you you know we weren't talking to the tyson kid on this show we're talking to tj wilson and it was uh really cool It was very honest very emotional very uh he told some really cool stories
1: yeah, uh course. just let himself go loved it and we're, we're not going to give away anything we talked about you can listen to that in a couple minutes here but you know 100 shows man what uh what are some of your highlights i i didn't realize you know like the last couple of weeks we we're leading up to this show and, and I didn't realize like how important and how big this actually felt until about last week, the week before that, I was I, sat down and I thought listen. about it. And I, I'm really proud of us, man. Me too.
3: And, and, and I'm the same way. I think it was because we're getting into like Royal Rumble season and WrestleMania season. That's usually kind of busy for us. You and I try to make the show a little bit bigger during that time. Uh, you know, we try to do Royal Rumble shows in, in WrestleMania shows. So we're kind of busy with that. Uh, so we kind of, I don't want to we forgot about the 100th show. We didn't, we knew it was coming. But it, I think the importance of it kind of got lost in us for a little while. Mm. And it wasn't until we were working on this TJ interview, and, and which came out of nowhere, man. Uh, I got to give you props for this because we thought we were done. We, we didn't know what we were doing for this 100th show. We had somebody, we thought we thought we had somebody lined up. We thought we were a pretty issue in for, for for somebody uh uh i won't say who but someone who's been on our show before uh, that we really like and unfortunately he just the schedule just didn't work he just couldn't do it for us uh uh not his fault not not anybody's fault just it wasn't going to line up so we were kind of feeling down and then like three days before you t- uh uh i'm sitting around the house i'm sitting around the house and i get a notification from instagram and i see this message from tj wilson i'm like what? And he's responding to you from a, a message from like a year ago. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> but, think it was that long ago. But, but, it turned, but it turned out that Bronwyn reached out to him and said, hey, man, these guys are awesome. You should really do it. And, and uh, I'm, yeah.
1: glad, I'm glad you mentioned Bronwyn because she's definitely one of the highlights of our 100 shows. Uh, for, not only did she do a great interview with us, but just uh, oh, what, a, what a wonderful person, her friendship. Yeah,
3: I, I didn't, uh, everybody knows I, I didn't get to jump on that interview, uh, either of the interviews. Uh, uh, so I didn't get to talk to Bronwyn, but knowing her through, through text and, and, and how we have over the last year, she's a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, out of all the guests we have on the show, I think we keep closest tabs on, on, on Bronwyn. So it's... Uh, it, it's uh, developed, really... in,
1: developed into a genuine friendship. And, you know, she's
3: great person. When you when we use the term friend of the show, Uh, we're not messing around when it comes to to a couple people, Bronwyn being one of them. Um, Another one being Holden Albright. Holden Albrecht to really become a friend of the show.
1: And uh, Uh, You you heard uh, Holden at the top here. Of course, we're dedicating the 100th episode uh, uh, in the memory of uh, Alfred.
3: Arabic. Yes. Uh, uh, That is, of course, uh, Rob Arabic's father. Uh, Those who don't listen to the show regularly. If you listen to the show regularly, you hear us talking about Rob all the time. Uh, we're usually buffing his balls, but in this instance we're not going to bust his balls today. Rob is hands down our most loyal listener. He's been there since day one, and uh, and this is just the smallest thing we could do for Rob after losing his father last week. And uh, Rob, we love you. We're, we're glad to have you on the ride with us, um, and uh, this is just our. You know, we wanted to throw, uh, uh, thanks to Holden for doing that for us. We know that Holden is uh, one of Rob's favorite indie wrestlers, so Rob was more than happy to do that for us.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, I've never got to meet your father, Rob, but uh, I just knowing you and talking to you the way I have over the last year, he did a hell of a job raising a great man. Oh, so uh, we love you, buddy. He must
3: have been a good,
1: yeah. We love you, buddy, and uh, we're gonna segue over. You know, I don't want to do any news this week. I know the big stuff with Cody. Like, no, we're, whatever. Just gonna, we're just
3: gonna talk. Well, we're just gonna talk the last hundred shows. That's all I want. Yeah, we'll, we'll
1: talk about that another time. You know, whatever. It's exciting. Who cares? So this is our show. You know, Mike. What's some of your What's some of your highlights over the last hundred shows before we get into the interview?
3: So, like, like, we brought this up a lot uh, at the uh, end of year episode, but I I gotta keep going back to Bill after he's one of my favorite uh interviews we've done. Um, but I gotta say, the work we've been doing on the indies, the work we've been doing with Barry Wrestling, uh, in particular, but then getting around, we've been talking to other indie promoters as well. We haven't done any other shows yet, but we've been talking to some, met some really cool people, uh, you know some of the indie wrestlers that we've met front uh, that are just have been so cool to us. We've already talked about whole Melbourne, but again you, you got Big Ben Ortmans and mm-hmm. Corey Stone and, uh, and, and Clay, Clay, Clay Wilson and Travis yeah. Moore, all these guys, even if the even the ones who haven't been on the show, Von Vertigo, the guys, even the guys who haven't been on the show yet, um, I can't emphasize enough how cool they've been to us outside of the show. Mm -hmm. Like, like, being at their shows or, you know, even if, if we throw them a message and, you know, ask them about something, it's, they're so cool. Uh, we've met some really, really great indie wrestlers in the last, uh, in the last little bit, uh, because of the show. So, uh, that's a, uh, that's a big time thing for us.
1: Absolutely. Um, And, you know, something else that's cool too. And I just got this email actually as we're recording.
3: I was just about to say this. Our our growth on YouTube. I just did.
1: You know, uh, almost uh, over 80,000 views we've had on YouTube, which is incredible for a couple of nobodies I, I from want Canada. To
3: talk about the, I, I want to talk about the growth of the show, man. It's just we started this little thing 100 episodes ago, didn't know what we were going to do, didn't know where we were going to go. Uh, for the first few weeks, the only people listening to it were Rob and your girlfriend. You know what I mean? Uh, so and we gonna, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think she was just giving us the hint and that was it. Uh, but here we are, man. A hundred show, 100 shows later, uh, you know we're, we're creeping towards a, a hundred thousand views on YouTube. We're steadily growing on on Spotify and, and other platforms. Uh, each, you know, each show gets a little bit better. We, every once in a while, we'll have that show that, that kind of drags, and that's usually a Tyler solo show.
1: Um, wow! <laughs> yeah, I throw those insults at you. You got me. But
3: but, uh, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh, just watching the show grow over the last 100 100 episodes from the views we've been getting to the interaction we've been getting to the the guests we've been getting uh to the fact that people actually know who we are at this point
1: yeah you know it's been cool for me too like we did um media work with impact wrestling to promote one of their pay-per-views we're on the AEW, uh media list as well which is cool and now we're interviewing a wwe superstar right? It's just really, a, a it's current, really cool.
3: A, a current WWE producer. This is this is a first for us. We haven't, you know, we, we haven't uh, interviewed anybody who's currently working for WWE. So that that that's kind
1: of cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, I look forward and, and to and doing of course this. We have to.
3: And of course, we have to thank our friends, like like the guys from. Well, really we're gonna get, against... We're gonna get to
1: that in a minute. We have. Right. I, I have a little segue for that. I have a little All segue right. for that. Um. But, yeah, man, I, I want to say thank you to you. Uh, this has been a great time. Do you, have, do you have a favorite list you've done? Favorite list I've done? Yeah. I always think back to the um, the greatest NWA world champions list I did. I knew, I knew and that's that. like cool. one of my like, – Actually, th-
3: I thought you were going to do the Rick start.
1: Well, that's, I think, your finest moment on the show. But that's a different <laughs> story. We'll talk about that another time too. But, uh, yeah, I think that was kind of the one where I figured myself out on the show. And, uh, yeah, you know, so – no, that's fine. Do you have a favorite? I don't think so. I've been trying to... to, Cause to it's because your lists are all terrible, so... <laughs> yeah, there we go. I'll tell you what list it wasn't. was your greatest Canadian pay-per-view of all time. That was not your greatest list of all time.
3: That was a great list.
1: How do you not have Unforgiven All-6 on there? Whatever. Don't get me upset on a 100th episode.
3: Um, other than that, man, uh, thanks again to, uh, to uh, everybody who sent us those beautiful messages. Uh, uh, we haven't even heard half of them yet.
1: Yeah, they're uh, going to get played right now. That's yeah. our segue. Uh,
3: the the, celeb- the celebrity ones that came in at the beginning were great. Uh, thanks to Brian that uh, he, he, he had his little nervous. A little nervous. We didn't think that his message was going to come in uh, in time for us to add this together. Uh, It was just cool to, man, to to have Brian Pillman say who dated us.
1: Yeah, that's cool for me. We're still, we're still licking our wounds after the Super Bowl.
3: And but talking about interviews, man, one of the best we've ever done. uh, (laughs) Would you say it's the uh, the best we've ever we'll ever do? The Best
1: we've ever done. I mean, yeah. at the moment it is. I hope it's not the best we ever do. I hope we keep growing. But I, tra- uh, I mean, I
3: was really, I was trying to put the Brett Hart spin the Bret on Hart's it. Been, yeah, well, you know, I, I about
1: it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're gonna go to TJ, TJ Wilson's interview right now, and and right before that, uh, one of the highlights for me of the last hundred years has been getting to know all the awesome people that we've uh, worked with and and come into contact with. And right before the interview, uh, a lot of them took some time to send us a special message. So, guys, thank you very much for that. Please enjoy the TJ interview, and um, we'll see you next week. Hey there,
3: Mike and Tyler. It's your friend Adam Conta. You know, I've never been accused of knowing all that much, but there are three things that I know for sure. Number one, the build to Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24 was trash. Number two, the reverse battle royal was not that bad. And number three, I am extremely proud of you two for making it to 100 episodes of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler. Congratulations.
1: Attention, everybody! Attention, everybody! Quiet down, because it is time to celebrate the 100th episode—not of the classic Match Classroom, we're getting there, but of Counted Out with Mike and Tyler, guys. I am so proud of all of the work that you've put in to reach this huge milestone. Every episode, every interview, everything that you guys do is phenomenal work. And uh, I'm so happy that I get to be a part of the Counted Out family. Thank you for welcoming me with open arms. And uh, I hope that your 100th episode is much better than Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in Hell in a Cell. I guarantee it will be. Guys, have a great episode. Congrats on the big interview with TJ. And let's go Bangles.
0: All right, wrestling fans. This is Jonah from Rewind Recap Relive, sending a much, much deserved congratulations on a hundred episodes to Mike and Tyler. Counted out with Mike and Tyler. I remember the first day, uh, Tyler reached out to me. He says I reached out to him, but it was the other way around through Instagram, and he said, "Can we do a SummerSlam?" I think uh, prediction, something, you know, you know, a list. They're big on lists, right? So he said, "Can we do a list?" I said, "Sure, let's do the list." I came on. Mike and Tyler were drinking. What's different? And nothing has changed a bit since. And it's still just such an incredible show that I recommend to anyone watching wrestling podcasts. You will not be disappointed. They know their stuff. They get the guests, and they get the job done. I counted out with Mike and Tyler, hundred episodes. Congratulations, my friends. Hi, this is Stephen Bourne here from the E8 Sports Podcast, as well as uh, the new hit YouTube show, Born to Talk About Sports. And I just want to uh, congratulate Mike and Tyler on a very uh, special 100 episodes. Keep it going, guys. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. Flair is the best horseman. This is Rapid Delivery Rory Fox. And I'd like to send a special shout out to Count It Out with Mike and Tyler. Congratulations on 100 episodes. You've been on Team Always Angry from day one and not Team Oh, is ready, Matt Cardona. Here's to another 100 episodes.
2: Yeah. Did you hit record?
3: That's not my job.
2: That's, How is that not that,
3: your job? Because I'm the one that says the fun things. I'm the one that pushes the buttons
1: metaphorically. You're the one that actually pushes the button. Just another thing for me to do on the list, eh? Okay, fine. I will do the button bu- I'm pushing from now on. Oh, wait. I did hit the button. Okay, let's just do this. Awesome. I'm so happy we're doing this. Me too. Happy 100th, fellas. Thanks yeah. for making me
3: do this. Yeah, thanks, guys. I hope uh, I hope you both grow up. Yeah, me too. I'll talk to you next week, bud. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Hello, this is Holden Albright congratulating
0: Count It Out on making it to 100 episodes.
1: Hey, Count It Out listeners. This is Stephen Kerr, a.k.a. Ginger from Triple G, Ginger's Gridiron and Golf Podcast. Just want to give a shout out to Tyler and Mike from Count It Out on their upcoming 100th show. Well done, boys. I know it's been a grind, but you've kept at it. Congratulations. I've been there from the start, and I'll be there right to the end. Five, six, seven, you've been counted out.
0: What's up? It's Nick Dieterding here with the Universal Wrestling Podcast. I just want to say congratulations on 100 episodes. It's been really fun to watch you guys each week, and I can't wait for the next 100 episodes. You guys are the definition of hustle. And Tyler, I appreciate all the advice throughout the years. Cheers, boys. Hey, James here from Primetime Conversations and Cafe Day 8. I want to say a big
3: congratulations to Mike and Tyler, everyone else that uh, counted out for reaching 100 episodes. Uh, with your great episodes, which includes your interviews and your
0: top sevens, amongst many other great content you put out. Pretty sure all the best is yet to come, and this is only the beginning. So, you are out now on the road to 200 episodes, and hopefully I'll be joining you on the show once again. So, thanks again for inviting me, and yep, congratulations and good luck on the future.
1: Our guest today is a former two-time WWE Tag Team Champion, a member of the Legendary Hart family. He's one of the most respected producers in the WWE right now, and most importantly, a proud cat dad. Please (laughs) welcome to the show... Tyson Kidd, TJ Wilson. TJ, thanks for jumping on, man. We couldn't think of a better way to celebrate our 100th episode than having you join us. We really appreciate it.
0: Oh, man, it's an honor to, uh, to be here for the 100th episode. But I like that it was, I like that the cat dad was the one that was, you know, pr- most pronounced on, on my accolades. So that's It has awesome. to be. I, I'm, I'm
1: brand new to uh, having cats. I, I got my gotcha. first cat I, about a year and a half ago. And it is, like, the best thing that has ever happened to me. So, yeah. like, you know, I get it now. Every okay. time every time I see, like, you and Natty posting stuff about the cats, I totally get it now, man. It's changed my life for the best. Mine don't
0: leave me alone. They're, they're around, like, I have five, and I can see f- three of them right now. So
3: they may make an appearance, you know.
1: Oh, that'd be perfect. My cat does a run-in on our show almost every week, so. <laughs> uh, well, and let's-,
3: and, and let's be honest. It's even at the point right now, we were even told by Bronwyn make sure you mention his cats. He'll love it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. She's right. Well, let, right. let's kind of get started. Let's do a little bit of chatting here, man. Uh, like cool. we're, we're real big wrestling fans. We've been wrestling fans our whole life. Uh, I'm, I'm 37. Mike's older than I am. Uh, I like to think at a point.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> what were some of kind of your favorite matches and, and pay-per-views and, and stuff growing up? Uh, you know, Mike and I had kind of had a conversation last week about some guilty pleasures of ours. Uh, like for me, SummerSlam 89 is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. Mike is huge into WrestleMania 8. What are some of your kind of favorite, you know, it's funny so
0: both of those like i'm a little bit older than than you i'm probably older than little than both you guys but uh only uh, by six
3: months tj it's all right
0: (laughs) okay okay uh i i I didn't get into i didn't super get into it until i was like uh 10 11 years old so not really till like 91 92 like uh i watched a little bit as a kid and i got in trouble because uh my cousin showed me wrestling i came home uh i tried what i saw on my younger sisters and wrestling quickly was not allowed in my house. Uh, I, then I went to school with Teddy Hart and then uh, everything kind of changed. But for me, those, those pay-per-views like that, uh, obviously Summer 792, uh, that, that was the match that really changed. That was the match that really opened my eyes. And I thought, oh, I, that like, for, don't ask me why. If you watch a match, it, it's unbelievable. But something in watching that match told me I could do this, which... If you watch the matchback, kind of makes no sense. But I, I don't know. It's about spoke to be. Uh, Summer Sun 92. Uh, King of the Ring 96, I really like. Um, I, I used to, I used, King of the Ring 94, I used to just have VHS tapes. Yeah. And so, like, you know, it was pre-network, pre-peacock. So I just, like, I'd, I would record uh, Superstars that week and just watch it all week long. Yeah until the next week and I'd, then I'd record and then uh, I, I got I remember having a couple of pay-per-view tapes King of the Ring 94 at one point I could like almost do like the whole commentary over the ma- matches as well like I watch it so much man
1: I guess King of the <laughs> Ring 94 it's pretty easy to do that too how much does this guy weigh Gorilla
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say Our Donovan it helps me kind of cheat because it he asked about every guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I love how, like, about halfway through the pay-per-view, Gorilla's just done with – he's just done with them. He just ignores I, I,
0: them. I, I, macho Man, you can tell
3: this. It feels like he starts to crack a little
1: bit. Yeah, yeah. Poor Art Donovan.
3: <laughs> no, I got, I got to say, with, with the shows you mentioned, such as that SummerSlam 92, that that particular King of the Ring, is it fair to say you were maybe already a fan of the Hearts before you, you even met Teddy? Um it's, it was, so I start, I met Teddy in
0: 1990. Oh okay. Sorry. So so I knew I knew of them like I said but I just I wasn't I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling I think. Right. I have a memory of like Demolition and the Killer Bees and then um yeah. Then, then, uh, that was no longer allowed to be watched in my, my house.
1: <laughs> Once you tried to throw that Jim Brunzel dropkick, eh? Okay? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it's a lot harder than Jim made it look. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: well, like Mike and I, we're, we're huge fans of the Hart family and we love hearing Stu Hart stories. I, you know, obviously you came up in the dungeon. Um, I lived at we, the house.
0: I lived at the house for a while too.
1: Oh, really? So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have some fun stew stories you can tell? Who do you think has the best stew impersonation also? Because uh, uh, for us, Johnny it, Devine is the best one I've heard.
0: Johnny Devine, my yeah, yeah, yeah favorite, you do have, have a pretty good one.
3: My personal favorite so far was Paul Deshaun. Because <laughs> he, as much as Paul Deshaun tried to do a stew impression, he didn't have to do a stew impression. He gotcha. already like stew. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was cool.
0: Brett, Brett, Brett has a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Um, he it was it wasn't a very it wasn't the best one, but it was just like the fact that he did it and like did it in this little moment with uh, me, myself, Natty, and Harry. Uh, Vince Vince did a stew impression oh, wow. once to us. Wow! It was like the three of us, oh, well, the four of us. But uh, it, so that was cool. It was it, you know it, like that that doesn't get a lot too much cooler than that than Vince McMahon doing a Stu Hart impression while there's just the the four of us in a little half circle or whatever it's kind of cool uh how
1: was uh, the impression
0: though uh, so so his was more his was funny his was more like his was more of one from someone that's met Stu you could tell uh Stu would kind of like shake a guy's hand and if if it was like a really big guy Stu would almost like grab their arm and almost like feel like their tricep almost like he didn't, not so much the bicep, but the tricep, which I've noticed. Like, I don't know if it's an amateur wrestling thing, but, it, and you'd kind of, and then you'd start gauging, like, eh, you got pretty good arms. And like, so, so Vince did an imitation like that to us. It was so funny because it was out of nowhere. He was, we're shaking his hand after the, uh We had this promo class at the time where we go to shake his hand after, and then he, he did that and, and did like a little stew impression. It was pretty funny. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, everyone that's around him could kind of do it. Not bad. Uh, I'm trying to think if I've heard Harry's recently, because Harry is a master of imitation. So uh, Harry or Brett? I would just off the top of my head say, yeah. Bruce Hart had a pretty good, pretty good stew as well.
1: Awesome. Do you have any fun stories that you can share about, you know, uh, being around Stu or, or uh, you know, being in the dungeon? Or, or, being... even,
3: or even Bruce. We've seen videos of, uh, of Bruce kind of overwatching you and Harry in the dungeon. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 that must be cool because, unfortunately, as fans, we don't hear a lot about Bruce, you know? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear, you hear a little bit of the negative stuff here and there, unfortunately, but we don't hear the, the sure. nice story. So I liked seeing a video of you and Harry in the oh, dungeon and, and him really being a teacher. What was that like? Oh yeah, uh, Bruce. But I and uh, I know what you're saying. But
0: I, I have a lot of positive experiences with Bruce. Bruce helped me That's a true. lot in wrestling, like a lot. Uh, Bruce and Ross, I credit them a lot for taking. I, dude, I I didn't even have rock talent. I had nothing. I was a small little kid. Um, but but uh, but I, I had some heart. I guess I had some heart. Um, and this in that heart, I had a love for wrestling. That I don't know. Eventually, I finally cracked. Crack the shell a little bit, but yeah, Ross and Bruce, Bruce, Bruce helped me a lot, a lot of, especially early on, a lot of um, basic psychology and a lot of like kind of explaining, you you know, Bruce is really good at was he was really good at explaining the, the why this is why Mm -hmm. you do that. This is your motive here. This is one of my cats is trying to push my phone. This is,
2: this,
0: this is, this is why you feel this way in this moment because this happened to you earlier and this, this, and he was, you know, when I'm, and it sounds simple now, but when I'm 16, 17 years old, it, it really meant a lot to me how he explained and, and Ross Hart too, really broke down a lot of psychology for me that to this day have really, honestly, I use a lot of their lessons to this day. So I have a lot of positive experience, you know, Bruce, I remember like playing football with like Bruce and Brett at, Outside at Stu's, I remember like going and playing baseball at Bruce's. There was like a lot of there's always these like fun little little gatherings. And as for Stu, I mean, damn man, uh, I've been stretched by him. I've seen him stretch other. I, it's more fun seeing him stretch other people. It, <laughs> I, 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 I can tell you that from firsthand experience. Uh, a funny story was we were filming a show for uh, YTV at the time called like Alpha to Omega. I've never actually seen, I, I, one time on TV caught like the littlest last second of the episode. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'd already been stretched. Then, uh, they, Stu was talking to the producers about, like, other wrestling holes he knew. And, uh, they wanted, to, they wanted to see some more. And now this is, so earlier the stretching was inside the dungeon on the mat. Now we're outside. Uh, and Stu called Harry. They called Harry over, and I was like, "Yes, Harry gets that stretch this time, not me." And then Harry, we're, we're, Harry and I are by the ring. Harry just dropped down. Harry like dropped down on the ground, and then like I, like out of a TV show, just like that. I'm just standing there, like uh, T.J. You. And then I, I remember I kind of kicked Harry in the ribs. He's raped down at my feet. And I go get stretched by Stu on the on the concrete on the gravel in like with no shirt on or this like little skinny tank top, my back is so <laughs> scraped up after <laughs> oh. thanks harry uh Stu, but Stu was so generous man like he would uh i have a lot of like i, I went to a lot of sunday dinners spend a lot of like i i remember like there was a lot of times i lived at i lived at the house and there'd be a lot of monday nights just Stu and i in the kitchen watching raw like uh and you know just kind of get his take on a lot of things so I have a lot of really cool, cool moments with Stu.
1: That's so awesome. Those are like priceless moments to get that type of advice. Oh, unbelievable! From Stu watching Raw, like.
0: And then, like you know, like funny things. So one time, there's a there's a guy that was in the kitchen. Feed. Um, I think he's from California. Came down to uh, for the dungeon to train, and uh, so he lived at the guest house across the uh, just like not across the street, just on the property. Lived at the guest house. So he was in the kitchen watching uh, raw with us one night and Raw in Canada aired at that time. It wasn't live. It aired 10, yeah. 10 to, mm-hmm. to midnight in Calgary. So Stu's down there watching it. We're, you know, and, uh, Stu's kind of nodding off a little bit and this wrestling camp guy notices it. And, but I, I'm, I've been around the family at this point, like eight years. Like I, I kind of, I, I don't have everything figured out, but I have some things definitely figured out. And, uh, I remember this guy like waking Stu up and saying, "Oh, Stu, Stu, maybe you should go up to your bed." And I remember Stu was like, ah, "I'll tell you when it's time to go to bed. I'm good." And it, and then like it just was so funny that like I knew like don't don't bother him like he's gonna kind of nod off like man, it's it's eleven thirty at yeah. night, man. Like
2: <laughs> you know, it just
0: was funny like this guy thought he's looking out for Stu and only you know kind of waking him up, helping him out only to get admonished and maybe and, and dude and one thing could lead to another next you know. Stu might be demoing a hold on the guy in the kitchen as we're watching Raw. Like
1: <laughs> Oh, and, that's so great. So. That's so great. You know, and, and uh, in doing the research for for talking to you today, I did find that Mike mentioned that match. It's you and Harry kind of training in the dungeon. And that's yeah. that's a hard floor you guys are bumping on down there. How did the, those training sessions get, get you prepared for, uh, you know, you guys had a match when you are like, 15, 16 years old in the WWE uh, at yeah. the house show. Like, how did that all come about? Because that's that's incredible to be that young. In the it's range.
0: It was insane. It's something that will never happen again, I would say, likely, but I think will never happen again. I mean, there's times of change. How can – like, yeah, it's just it's a publicly traded company. I don't know. yeah, but, yeah. Um, Teddy's brother, Matt. Matthew he we were wrestling uh one day and then like the next day he kind of had a a fever and he just didn't feel great and then the next day or maybe that either the next day or that next night he goes he goes to the hospital and has like this wildly high fever I remember we go visit him one day and he's kind of like what he was saying he wasn't making a lot of sense in, in his speech and then um the next day he like slipped into a coma for like 12 days or something like that. And then he passed away from flesh eating disease. Yeah. And we were, well, I was 15 I uh, turned 16 like right before he passed away. Uh it, it was crazy, man. We 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 were like I said, we were wrestling like two days prior to him being in the like, psychoma. And then it it was it was a wild process because it was like okay they're gonna amputate one of his arms he's gonna be okay and then it's like well you're gonna amputate an arm and a leg but he'll be okay it was wild this this fleshing disease just spread um so out of that baby i remember i just remember one day hearing a rumor about it like the smallest little rumor and then talking and then davy said hey uh, I talked to Carl DeMarco, you guys are going to do, uh, you're doing a match, as like a tribute to Matt at, this, at the Saddle Dome next month. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's for real? Like, how does that happen? This is, this is at the time, this is WWF. But yeah, so it was like, a, it was a tribute match to to Matthew that they put us on the show. And some of the pro, so proceeds went to the Children's Hospital from that event. To the best of my knowledge, I remember always being told at the time that like Shawn Michaels took his his uh, pay for that weekend for that week. You know, there was a bunch of shows in Alberta, and he, he donated it to the children's hospitals. What I was always what we've always been told. So it's what I've always believed, um, which was really cool. Of him. But just, yeah, man, that, the that's how that came about. It was it was a sad thing that brought it about, but the but then the experience from it was, I mean, insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm 16 years old. Harry's 11, but I'm 16. I'm going to high school. you know, that shows on a Saturday. We're on the front page of the the Calgary Sun uh, on the Sunday, which is the Calgary Sun on a Sunday is a giant newspaper in Calgary. And then I go to school on Monday. So that was cool. It was really cool to go to school the next day after being in the front of the newspaper for wrestling on a WWF show. And at the time, I'm like uh, (laughs) – 100 pounds no, not even the next year i start 12th grade i'm 100 pounds so i'm like 90 pounds or something <laughs> like no one at my school thought oh i think this kid wrestles well oh, he can tell he's a wrestler no way a, no 90 pounds five foot five foot four or five 90 yeah. pounds man get out of here that's amazing uh,
1: mike you got something you want to you want to ask over there ah, oh yeah uh, i got no
3: shortage man um, so we don't like to, to stay in the timeline. We like to jump all over the place, okay. DJ, keep it awesome. interesting. Uh, so I'm gonna jump a bit in time here. Um, one of the things as a wrestling fan, one of the things that gravitates me towards a certain wrestler that makes him my guy. I love it when you can watch the show and just tell that dude is having fun. Like it's like screw the business, he's having fun. Current on the current product right now, if I'm watching, I'm loving watching Brock Lesnar because he's—he's not there, he's there. He's just having fun, and I'm loving it. One of my favorite times in your career is when you were tagged up with Cesaro, because it just looked like you guys—nothing could faze you. You just—you looked like you were having so much fun, and I loved it. Can you tell me a bit of how yeah. you came to be? And Man, is that—is that true? Or are you, a you, really nailed good actor? you nailed it? You nailed like, it. no, you no, no. no, no. I'm, not, I'm not a good
0: actor. <laughs> <laughs> so uh that that's entirely true and that started that I started I mean as a talent you're always going to be very serious about everything you do obviously you you know this is your body of work and this is what you've worked hard for obviously I, I care a lot about it a lot about it but something in when I was doing that NXT run I kind of I kind of proved to some people that I had more of a personality than they thought. And I, I could, and I, and I worked on, I worked on my promos a lot with Dusty. Not that I got amazing, but I, I could, I definitely got better, a lot better. Um, so I, during that NXT run, I just started really, especially like the Natty's Husband stuff. I started just having so much fun. And I just was like, like that, all that, all that Natty stuff, like nobody, I'm trying to remember nobody really nobody like really presented it to me like this like hey do this it was like hey like I understood the story it was like I like for example the match with Neville I grab the chair I go to pull it in Natty stops me then I'm like you're right you're right I'm doing the wrong thing I turn Neville super kicks me hits with the red arrow uh then that starts like where like that kind of I start putting the blame of my matches that I lose on natty and i I'd, I'd been doing that a little before that with with I remember uh, Adam, oh, sorry, it happens after, with Adam Rose. I have a match with Adam Rose where, like, it's one of my favorite matches of the little nuances with uh, all three of us, myself, Rose, and Natty. But Natty and I have a lot of really funny nuances in that match that I'm very, like, that, I remember getting, I remember getting home and being like, okay, we, okay, I understand there's something here. and And to that point, it was so fun that I just, like, Obviously, like I was saying, I care a lot about my body of work as a talent. But I got to the point of, like, here's the thing. When it comes down to it, when the bell rings, I'll be okay. Everything else, I'm, I'm going to just I'm gonna have fun. I'm just going to let things go a little bit easier and just ha- have a lot more fun. And then I go back onto the main roster in September that year. And then I teamed with Cesaro around December, December 1st, actually. And how it got thrown – the day – either the day before or the day – that that morning of, I saw a graphic on Twitter of, like, the tag team Gauntlet and just Cesar and I were beside each other. So I assume we <laughs> were a team.
1: <laughs> and you guys were, like, good friends backstage. So you are probably thrilled to work with them, right?
0: Yeah, like, we just had that triple threat match uh, in November. So, like, two or three weeks before this, uh, triple threat with Dolph. That um, I'm very proud of that match in SmackDown in Liverpool. And uh, so I already knew we we've already wrestled each other before but i knew like we had really good chemistry and so it was funny that i i don't know man i get if you give me a piece of paper with the roster listed on it i don't know if i would have picked cesaro as like the apartment. I, I i don't know but but if i could go back in time knowing what i know i would i, I wouldn't even need to see the list of paper i picked cesaro in, a, in less than half a second but it's it, it was so much fun like and I'm glad that you were able to see that and and feel that because honestly we were having fun I just showed one of the kids that uh that I've been training I just showed him a match I found on YouTube it's uh from the Europeans my last European tour as a talent myself and Cesaro against New Day and the Matadors in a three-way tag and like we're in Germany and the the atmosphere is unbelievable. That place loved Cesaro so much. They they even had some Tyson chants in there. But they're like, dude, they were like singing his name. They're doing soccer. It was wild. It was it was a wild experience. It just was fun. I, I just had fun, man. We just everything we did. Our entrance was fun. We were like, yes, it was. <laughs> Cesaro was shooting a fireball at me like a doki. Like I didn't know what we were doing. We're literally that's I'm like we were just having fun. Then I remember Cody started saying that. We were like the Steiner. So on that elimination chamber, like Cesaro gets – like we were doing like Steiner-style brother poses. Like we were just literally having fun, literally having a lot of fun. And it
3: showed. And it really showed, man. Like like from our end of the TV, you could tell how much fun both you and Cesaro were having. You really did. Yeah, 100%. I I, I, was watching last
1: night you uh, you and Cesaro against the New Day from Extreme Rules in Chicago there. And like, yes. you could just see like, I, I, I don't want to say like a, a confidence in you, but like, you could just tell you were in the moment and having so much fun in there with Cesaro. And it, it gave you this like swagger in the ring too, like, and, and the and, match and so tore that the matches, down.
0: So that matches right after we just did that European tour. So for the first week we wrestled New Day and for the second week of the tour was uh, these three-way tags. But every night, New Day was supposed to be the good guys. We're supposed to be the bad guys. But every single night, The crowd switched that and like it's that that tour was so fun for that reason because we were just like we were kind of improv and just going by the seam of our pants kind of i remember like uh, we had a show in poland and their tv i think they said at the time was like six or seven weeks behind so they wouldn't maybe wouldn't have seen somebody booing new day yet or whatever And, and new day came out there and did a promo and they turned on new day and and we were the we were the good guys. So like it like that was so fun because it was completely on the fly. The first day on the tour, uh, I've told the story. We we were we just wrestled on SmackDown, we flew to Europe. First day on the tour, we're like, hey, let's let's kind of do similar matches. What we just did on SmackDown. We'll tweak some things. Everybody's tired. Everybody's always tired from that first flight. And it's like after this, we'll then we'll we'll put together some amazing matches. And, and that's not to discredit this one we had on SmackDown was very good too. It just we didn't give them their own performance. Anyway, mm. we get out there and they boo the hell out of New Day and cheer us. Wow. And I like I hid behind like the ref, and they cheered it. I hid behind Natty and they cheered it. And I was like, do we switch this? And I asked everybody. I asked Woods who's on the who's on the floor. I asked everybody. And uh on the fly we changed it. And it was so fun, man. It was it just that encapsulates encapsulates my whole time with Cesaro was just it, it was fun. I had yeah. so much fun, and I knew I knew I didn't have to worry about anything. I knew like my partner is one of the best wrestlers in the world, so <laughs> right. if I'm messing if I'm messing things up. No problem. I can tag out. He'll he'll fix it. He'll fix
1: it. Okay. I I like that you mentioned like those overseas tours, and you've had the privilege to wrestle all over the world. And even like really early on, you know, uh, from when I was doing my research, it it looks like that you did a tour in New Japan uh, as a Stampede kid. And and you're in there with guys like El Samurai and Jushin Liger. Like, are you having to take a step back and kind of pinch yourself and be like, Am I in the ring with Jushin Liger right now at such a young age?
0: Oh, man. Yeah. My third day in Japan. He was my third match. It was a tag uh, myself and super crazy against uh, Samurai and Liger on my first tour. Oh, my God. Yeah. i i and so there's a lot of things running through my head. i I'm 22 at the time. I'm insanely nervous. I'm in a foreign country wrestling for the, like, I'm in a, outside of Canada wrestling for the first time ever. Plus, it's Japan. Um, Liger is, I mean, Shushan Thunder Liger. We know that. But he's also, at that time, I believe, he's also the boss of the junior heavyweights, oh. which, I, which I'm a junior heavyweight. So, like, it's already the, the pressure of Liger. He's also my boss. <laughs> he's also, like, a peer, but, like, but a very respected, like, it was, he's all these things wrapped into one in this. So it was, it was kind of nerve-wracking. I was, I, was very, I was very nervous that first tour. I mean, to make more noise they were explaining to me to make more noise, which like, if you know by my WWE tenure, I make a, I'm very vocal when I wrestle. So it just was funny that they, they had the version that like, (laughs) I I was so scared that I wouldn't say a word. Those guys were so amazing. I love my time in Japan and I love like, the fans are amazing. The, all the, like, I remember just like looking up and down the locker room, like, man, every guy in here can go, like, this is crazy. These guys are awesome.
1: Do you put any extra pressure on yourself working guys like Liger and and when you and Harry were teaming and, and fighting DX like uh, kind of 100%. fighting those guys that kind of have the connection to the Hart family you know Liger absolutely and Tillman, yeah you put more pressure on those matches
0: hundred uh, percent I remember um, bragging rights was the first time we wrestled DX uh, we in a five on five or we're seven on seven sorry seven on seven we wrestled DX two other times once on Raw once on SmackDown but. And I I have great memories of all three, the, all three times we we wrestled Sean and Hunter. But uh, for I remember when, for there's four there's fourteen of us putting together this this match, and then it kind of dissipates. I remember Harry and I kind of pulling Sean and Hunter after, and just saying like, "Hey, uh, we just wanted to run some ideas by you guys. We thought, you know, even if it's just in our small little world, we thought us working with you guys there's." there's a lot of cool components here that we don't have to like throw at the forefront, but people know exist with Brett and Sean and the screwed, like there's a lot of things obviously that, that are, you know, so they were very receptive and very cool. So, uh, I mean, so we, yes, we definitely always, always like took a special approach to guys. I, I did always take a special approach to guys that I knew had, a stampede connection or a heart family connection or something along those lines.
1: Yeah. And you know, Hunter's been in the news recently. He's had a little bit of health issues. Um, have you heard yeah. any updates on how his recovery is going? You know, maybe if we're gonna see him back with NXT at any point when he's feeling better. I, I have
0: I haven't heard anything. I just hope that he's feeling better. Um uh, our our health is like is the main thing that we've all that that we've got. We gotta really take care of it. So I really hope that he. Makes a full and quick recovery. Absolutely.
1: And and you know, you, you mentioned uh NXT a little bit earlier, and, and Hunter's obviously so big with NXT. What's your thoughts on the rebranding of NXT and the whole 2.0 vibes that they're going out there? Do you think it was kind of necessary to change something that was working so well? Do you like the the product that they're putting out right now? Um,
0: so I think I think it's just changed in the sense that now it's more now it's more of kind of what like developmental used to be a little bit in terms of It's, I feel like when I'm watching it now, it's a little bit more, uh, let me see, how can I say this? It's a little bit more like, like pieces of clay that, that are ready, not like that are not ready this second, but when the time comes, they'll be ready to be called up. And then, and then they can kind of be molded more so maybe than, than the established, than the way NXT was before someone so established, it's kind of hard to rebrand them without it like you if you're so like a lot of the old and I, I, I don't think that's an insult either way it's just it's just the the things I don't know if it's just like the businesses it's just what our need has changed maybe we need we might need at the moment and I'd say we I mean WWE the company may need NXT to be more of what it was what it was you know a decade ago where it helps feed the main roster and help, help, um, you know, s- supply us with talent rather than NXT has its own separate talent that stay there. And like, all, it was almost like call-ups were a lot less, they, they weren't happening. They're were happening at a different rate, but it was like very, like, it was weird. Dude. Some guys might get signed and come straight to the main roster. It, I think it's got a little bit, not, diff, not, not weird, just different. And I think, I think. What we're seeing now is a little bit of a revert back to like this is like if FCW were, were like amplified but still straight developmental and not. Like NXT became its own brand. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about that. Obviously. And NXT was was awesome. I loved it. I, lo- I love my time there. Um, I don't know if maybe the, the bubble just, like just got too big and, and burst and, the, and you need, this reset needs to kind of happen and you know and it restarts again I don't know
1: Absolutely. yeah it makes sense but it is
0: very it is different but I think now it, the way it's more designed to feed the main roster in terms of to be able to be molded into whatever the main roster needs in that set in that moment if that makes any sense and no one's told me this this is just me watching what I think
1: yeah of course of course Mike what do you think over there you got something uh I, I gotta have something DJ here
3: uh <laughs> uh just for a laugh. Uh, I think it's very important when wrestlers have that one small thing that sets them apart from everybody else. So I gotta ask you whose idea was the haircut and what did Vince think the first time he saw it?
0: That's funny. I you know I've never I've never found out what he thought. I I uh no uh, I eventually said, Hey, can I can I grow my hair out or cut this? Even though it was, though it was my hair yeah uh and i came in with it but anyway uh so i never actually so it's not like somebody told me to get rid of it he never uh, so what what it is i saw a guy on tough enough that had similar hair to that but this guy was like big and jack so i kind of i already had like short hair with like the front would be kind of spiked so i just decided to shave it all and just have the spikes yeah and i knew like i knew i'm under six feet tall and i'm under 200 pounds i knew i Needed something, something yeah. to like stick out, and uh, I guess I guess I
3: went with hoping my hair would <laughs> would accomplish that. I mean, it did. I mean, I, I mean, it, it did. It's I think it set you apart. It set, it, everybody. It, the smallest things I think sometimes can be louder than the, the, than than your size. Than your you make up for what you don't have sometimes, and it takes. I think somebody very smart to realize that simple is better sometimes. And that was it. That did it for for a while. Yeah,
0: I I like those little subtle things more than a big drastic thing. Hmm. Exactly. Um,
3: Another question I got to ask because it was kind of brought up. uh, I kind of want to go back to the the New Japan thing for a minute. Yeah. Um, Because of where you were in your career, you were so young and you were, uh, um, for lack of a better term, a little green at the time. And you're working with guys like Liger. Were you given the the young boy treatment over there? Were, were you treated like that, or because you they knew you weren't there permanently, did they kind of skip that for you?
0: Yeah, I didn't do the young boy stuff. I mean, in Calgary, my Japanese trainer was treating tra- 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 <laughs> me. We trained, I trained, I, trained I, I, w- I won't say harder than those young boys, but I definitely trained extremely hard. Uh, the young boys, it's funny, like Yoshi Tatsu was a young boy when I was there. And he, but he's, uh, Yoshi might be like one or two years. Two, one or two, three years older than me. I was actually younger than the Young Boys at the time. Same with, like, TJP had just gone... My first tour, TJP went the to tour before me, and he's younger than me. He was... So he's like, way younger than the Young Boys. Like, Rocky, Brian, we're all, like, we oh, wow. were all younger than the Young Boys at that time. So, so, like, that part must have been so weird to them. Like, why... Who are these foreign guys that are younger than our young guys? Like, what's yeah. going on? But... Uh, So I didn't do the young boy stuff, but they, I I mean, I was very green and uh, I just, I just did whatever I could to kind of fit in with those, with those guys in those matches. Cause like some of those guys, like uh, I'm in there with like Koji Kanemoto who, uh, who I think and I definitely thought at the time is one of the best wrestlers, maybe ever, one of my favorites at the time in like 02, 03, I thought he's the best wrestler, like alive. And I just remember being like, "Well, how how, how? how? My first tour, I team with him. So for almost the, for most of the tour, so I would just be on the apron, like watch, watching this guy, and captivated by the way he moved and what he did in the ring. And then like, and then my next tour, I'm wrestling this guy a bunch, and I'm like, I don't belong in here with this guy. He's, I, 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 I believe me, we all have a little bit of an ego. I understand that, but this guy's way better than me. What, what's happening here? But." In that, it, it, got, it made me so much better wrestling these guys. They're, they're such pros, and they were so good. Um, El Samurai, Kanemoto, Kakihara, Naruse, uh, Jado and Gato, uh, Minoru Tanaka. Lots
1: of great names there.
0: Man, and then my, my second tour was with uh, is Brian and I were a team like the whole tour. Oh, I, didn't nice. do a, I didn't do one singles match that tour. It was all tags actually there's a lot of six and eight man tags it was like it was a it was fun it was very easy it was a lot of fun and uh it's just me and brian teaming up the whole tour that's so, so cool i mean that was easy
1: another, that was, again
0: another easy one for me if i mess this up my partner he's pretty good he'll, he'll take care of this
1: that's your new gimmick it's just to find the good yeah. workers and sit there and uh, make sure they cover yeah. it right? yeah that, yeah that's called
0: working
3: working smart yeah, not working hard that,
0: that's called, that's called being a good foreman.
1: That's it. <laughs> um, another night in your career that must have been really fun is one that I was actually in attendance to live. Uh, Monday Night Raw in Toronto when Brett fought the Miz and, the, and won the U.S. title. Like, how cool was that for you guys to be out there and, and have that moment as a family with Brett?
0: Yeah, that's really cool that you were there live. That That's like the one time that I ever got to do something like that where, like, we got loaded on, like, the side. We're in some room, and then, like, when we go and cause are coming down, like somebody sends us and like, it, it's it's a scary feeling because uh, I don't know if it's changed now because that was, 12, that's crazy. That was 12 years ago. Wow. I don't know if like now that, I don't know if now they'd have a monitor for the talent or not. Like, but Harry and I are, are there in this room with like the person, they obviously have a earpiece in and they send us when to go, but like, we don't have a monitor or anything. So like we just run, like we know the, the path we're supposed to take, but we just kind of run blindly and just like, Hopefully Regal and are in the right spot when we <laughs> hop over this railing. Uh, but that was so fun in Toronto, that, that deal with Miz. Um, I, remember, I remember in the day, I was like, yo, I can hop up springboard if Miz has Brett's legs for the Charter, I can springboard and dropkick Miz. And everybody looked at me like I was insane. And they thought that, uh, they're like, no, you're going to, if you do that. You're gonna land on Brett or Ms is gonna land on Brett that's horrible and I was like guys what are you talking about you don't think I have enough body control to drop kick and turn my body I'm not gonna i I promise you with everything that I am I will not land on Brett I promise you I'm I will one million percent take care of you. I promise you and I mean, I did but yeah it was but it, it was funny man i I, I feel like I had to demo it a couple of times, uh, at least just the springboard. And I, I just, and then I go in and I show them like, look, I'm going to hit here. I'm going to land here. I'm telling you, I'm going to be okay. They're like, well, your this This idea you have is great. I just don't know if, if it's possible. And it, it was, we did it. It was awesome. It was, uh, Miz is a great, Miz is great for those mm-hmm. types of things. I mean, not for, Miz is great, period. But he's really great for those types of things. Being a heel and like, you know, when the time's right, he, get, he gets his ass kicked. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say this. When we won the tag titles, uh, one, of the, like, one of the things right towards the end is like Miz goes to roll Harry up and he puts his feet on the ropes. And then uh, Brett swipes Miz's feet off the ropes. Then Big Show comes. I, I do like a cannibal off the apron on the Big Show. And then Miz is looking at Brett and Harry rolls Miz up and Miz kicks out. But I remember Big Show said, like, hey, maybe that should be the finish. And, and he and he would have been right. It, it would have got a hell of a reaction. He's right. But Miz was, Miz was pretty cool. Miz is like, well, here's the thing. He's like, I've I've talked a lot of trash. So he's like, I think these guys should hit me with both their finishes and beat me. He's oh, like, wow. I think they should do the heart attack and the sharpshooter. So, like, that's the kind of guy that Miz is. Miz isn't worried about if he looks strong or not. When, maybe Maybe he is. To get to the proper point, so when it's right, he can give it all right back.
1: That's awesome. That's so so smart of his awareness, and Miz is so so like strong as a character that that doesn't hurt him either. It just makes him stronger. It gets uh, him that's an one
0: bit. And then yeah. I didn't know like I didn't. I remember then Big Show punches Miz after. I didn't know that was happening. I'm in okay. gorilla when I see that. I'm in gorilla and I see that, and I was like, I everything thinking like, damn, Miz just took both of our finish and Big Show's like. If he doesn't play his cards right, he might be the biggest baby face out of anybody in the ne- next couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> like, that whole time period for you guys must have been really cool because you know a couple months before that, WrestleMania 26, you guys get Stu in the Hall of Fame. The whole family's out for Brett versus Vince. You got the big spot with Harry where you got the clothesline Vince. What was that yeah. whole weekend like for you to try to sum up? And, and for the family as well, it must have been really special.
0: It was insane. It was very special. Uh, Phoenix? That was in Phoenix. Phoenix always has a special place. I and mean, I don't know if it's because of that WrestleMania. But, I like, I love wrestling in Phoenix. I love being in Phoenix. Um, I, I mean, I love Arizona. <clears throat> but, yeah. Where's the rest of it? Man, that, that whole week. Because WrestleMania is, like, a whole week, week thing. But being, being in Phoenix that whole week and, like, being around the family and seeing how excited they were for Stu to go into the Hall of Fame. And this is the first time. This is the first time the family's done something with WWE, especially in this capacity, in in over a decade. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of there was a lot of like hesitancy and and stuff from from some family members that hadn't been around. And I think you know that kind of got lifted very very early on. I think the company really made a point to show they're going out of their way to make sure everybody in the family was pretty well taken care of during that week, which which we were, uh, I mean, I was there obviously working. I, I funny enough, man, I, I'll tell you about that week. I wrestled Ray Mysterio on Superstars at, on, uh, at, at the Raw taping. So it was all, everyone's there, Raw, SmackDown, <clears throat> ECW, everybody's there. Cause we're, we are, we're filming all the TVs that week in one day. And then we're going to, <clears throat> we're in uh, San Jose and we're flying to Phoenix in the morning. And uh, I wrestled Ray in San Jose and uh they did raw live and then they did two superstars matches i think it was punk and JTG, and then uh, myself and ray and i get to the back and because they done raw first sean michaels was in gorilla so i came back from the match with ray and sean and vince were like standing ovation which meant the world to me obviously these are two guys that i that i respect a lot and it just was it just was insane so that, that, like, that started that week for me. Like, I, dude, I remember going uh, – I remember, like, that Wednesday at the hotel running into uh, Jack Lanza, and he said, hey – hey, T-, or sorry. I'm sorry. It might have been on the Friday because uh, Superstars aired on Thursday. So I, I ran into Jack on the Friday at the hotel, and he said, hey, Tyson, I saw your match with with Ray. That was a hell of a match. And, like, Jack Lanza's here putting it – and I was like, yeah, man. Like, I've never gotten so, – at that point, I'd never gotten so much mileage out of one match in my life because – like Brett was at that taping and Pat Patterson was at that taping, so a lot of like I had a lot of like people that I really like and respect and look up to, coming up to me about the and and Ray is the man. Ray is the man. MVP says this, and I, I always have to say it when I, if I mention Ray, especially in interviews. But like, MVP said one time on the bus, if ever somebody's talking bad about Ray, punch that guy in the face because they're lying. <laughs> and, and he said it he said it out one time on the bus and like. That was 13 years ago, and it's still stuck in my head because it's true, man. It's so true. If someone says something bad about Ray, they're lying to you. He's the, he's the best. He's the nicest guy in the whole world, man. He's the best. He'll do anything for <clears> – <throat> if you have a match with Ray, he'll do a- – I mean, and, and he'll do anything for you. And if he likes you, even more. Mm-hmm. He'll do anything for you to, to help you to help you be better. Every time. 100% of the time.
1: Yeah, he's one of the best to ever get in the So, room so, sure. so I had
0: that going in, in that week too. And then we got told about the involvement in the match the night before. Uh after the Hall of Fame. After the Hall of Fame, we, we met up in a in a room and kind of got told what we were gonna do. But we didn't they didn't have everything like it wasn't all laid out. And then the next morning, the next morning was a really early call time because we're on the West Coast and it was I remember getting to the stadium at like 10 a.m. 11 a.m. or something and, and getting su- uh, summoned to gorilla uh to, to speak with vince and um and that was when we kind of laid out the the heart attack on the floor about the, the clothesline so i mean and then all of a sudden the next night i'm <clears throat> raw we're wrestling miz and big show and it just like and we're like we're managed with we're like with brett and now we're being told to do sharpshooters like. The British initially, initially it was like, "Do not do the sharpshooter." When I first got called up, and when I'm in that situation, like, do that, which is fine. Okay, no problem. These are the rules. I, I have no problem with that. That's easy. But now it was like, "Hey, do the sharpshooter on Miz, then Big Show will pull him out." And I was like, "Yes, now you guys are secretly giving me like this really established finishing move." Thank you. Yeah, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> and and no pressure working a spot with Vince at WrestleMania, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no
0: pressure at all. <laughs>
1: like, no none, right? none
0: whatsoever. Oh my God, man. Oh my god! I, his his advice was, "Hey, make sure you hit me." And I was thinking, "Man, I have to, I have to." That's what's gonna break my fall. <laughs> like,
1: when I when I see that spot that you guys did at Mania, it reminds me of the story that Brett tells when they're in the when they're in the gentleman's club and and they're doing all the finishes on Vince and and Jim sitting there going, "The Heart Foundation would have laid it in." <laughs> like, like dude, I dude,
0: it was exactly that. It was exactly that. I was like, what, "What's happening?" I got a close. I, I remember when Vince is the one who who laid it out. He, he asked if I'd ever done the finish up the top to the outside before. And I lied and said, Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when when would I have done it? I a not like that. What are we talking about? So and I just remember thinking in my I remember thinking in my head, I'm gonna have to like hit him. Like a, he's gonna have to take a lot of this to break my fall coming from up there. And then he said, You better hit me. Like, All right. You got it. What's I already was going to, but now I just have <laughs> verbal affirmation <laughs> saying we got to do this.
1: Oh, okay, then you're probably going to get in more trouble if you don't hit him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. With uh, with your role in the WWE now, what's the biggest difference in working with Vince as a talent compared to in the producer role?
0: Um, I mean, it it just happens uh, for me. For me, from where I was as a talent I, now, if, if I'm a if I'm a guy, like a guy like, let me think, like Roman Reigns probably has, he probably deals with Vince every single week. But me as a talent, I wouldn't always deal with him. You know, I'd go after a match, I'd go see him and he might say, hey, good match, and just shake my hand. It might be that quick. Hmm. A lot of times he might have advice or once in a while. Uh, one time I got yelled at, I think. I can think of one time I got yelled at. It was, it was funny it was, when I was teaming with Cesaro against uh, Orton. I, I slipped on the springboard. He wasn't yelling at me about slipping. He's yelling at me because I was rushing around because I, I was. I was very nervous wrestling Randy. I, I just, I was, this Randy's someone I, I hold in high regard and I was very, I only wrestled him that one time. I was very nervous. My timing was really bad in that match. Like really bad. It's really bad in the uh, Randy Cesaro portion of the match too where I grabbed his, like I just, I, my timing was bad that day. The Next day, we wrestled Cena and Brian, and I was equally as nervous, but uh, we were told not to bump Brian, and then and that's the same thing as first time I'd ever wrestled Cena in my life, uh, in a match. So, anyway, um, yeah, like we, we, with Vince clotheslining him, I'm like, uh,
3: you you
0: have to i have to lay this in like and of course i'm wildly nervous man like what am i what am i supposed to do i i have no there's the, the boss told me to bustle me to hit him so i had to hit him
1: <laughs> uh, mike what do you got on your mind over there
3: since we're uh since we're talking about great family moments uh for the heart family I, I do have two uh two follow-up questions we're going to start with something that's really near and dear to to tyler and i as canadians um we're big fans of the canadian stampede pay-per-view from 1997 hell yeah what can you fill us in What what's that day like for you guys i know you were young you had to be like what 17 i guess uh yeah. and, and you're not working for the company but obviously but what's it like being there and what was the atmosphere like in the ring after the show when you were the whole family was out those, there
1: those entrances Oof.
3: man
0: those entrances like that's art to me those entrances yeah. 100%. I watch it back, like I, I watch it back. All, uh, I have a really, I don't know if it's because of my injury or just my age or both, but I'm like more emotional now as a, as I'm older, and like especially sentimental things. And like I, I, in a good way, but I can't watch that. I can't watch those entrances without like tearing up.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I think those I think those entrances are art, and I think like it's done so perfectly, and each each guy that comes out like gets a little bit bigger reaction like yeah. it's so crazy and then there's like it's just like it was done so perfectly how like their extras are just that top and they all like meet up there and walk down for this like this gun sling this five on five like showdown yeah it's so perfect man but you have Brett. Uh, sorry you have owen davy jim and pillman out there and then before brett's music there's this like this little bit of a lull this this pot, and you you feel the, the building start to rumble like i'm getting goosebumps talking about it because like i get i get very emotional when i watch the match it's uh, the the deep dive is on the other side is that it's the kind of the last time the hart family is like all together like as yeah. one like amazing cohesive unit is literally like that mm-hmm. it, there's a there's a big after that paper there's a big party at stews a big party at stews and it was it was amazing and so like that's like and then that's kind of the last time the family's all together like that because then after that is the screw job and it's wcw then you know they're everyone's on different schedules and then owen's passing and then you know just mayhem but uh man i just remember like being at the building all day uh i remember like mick foley remembered our names i always we i always talk about that with him he remembered our names from from the, the the last time Calgary, the last time WWE had been in Calgary was the live event we wrestled at the saddlebone in '96, October '96. Now this is July '97. So I remember Foley's like, "Hey, are you guys wrestling on the card tonight?" But obviously, he's kidding, but <laughs> I just remember being like, "Yeah, they know mankind knows who I am. He knows my name. How do you know my name's TJ?" Whatever. Uh, but yeah, man, it was. It was unbelievable, and then like the just the roller coaster of that match. I'm sitting front row with Harry, and throughout the show we were like obviously talking back and forth, but during that match, just the crowd is so loud we literally can't hear each other. It was nuts. It was like deafening, and then uh, and then when uh, I think Bruce, I think Bruce is the one who kind of opens the railing and like, and then once Ted comes across, then like. Her and I knew like we're co- coming in the ring too. Like it's it's on. And like that wasn't planned. That just happened. That was not like, hey, and then at the end, everyone gets in the ring. It just literally just happened. Oh, that's wow, amazing. that's cool. Yeah, that, that was not planned. That was Bruce. Like I said, I'm pretty sure Bruce or Wayne open up the railing and kind of let Ted in. And then everybody comes in. Like, that's why, like, I watch it back a whole bunch of times, but like Natty comes in later. She's not sitting front. She's further back. This was not some planned thing that. Hey, and then right. after the match, the, the whole family comes in the rain. That was not planned. I think the plan was like Austin comes and gets attacked and does the police stuff and gets taken away, which yeah. they did all that. And I think that then that that's it. Not hey, then then since we're in Calgary, the Hart family takes over as always.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like that Stu got involved in the finish too, and they. Yeah, hell yeah. He yeah, he probably got to. That was out so that.
0: funny. There was a Stu Chan in the during the match too. Like it was cool.
3: To, to finish up on the family thing, my last question uh, has to do with a few years ago, uh, yourself, Natty, Harry, and Brian got together and recreated that very famous picture of the Hart Foundation. And I got to tell you, man, th- th- I have, I, as a fan, got a little teary when I saw that picture. As you'll see, growing up, Owen was yeah. my favorite wrestler. Seeing yeah, you in that one spot in that picture was ho- heartwarming for me. Tell me what it meant for you. Like, How did that picture come about? Why did you guys do it? Uh, you know, it, Dude, that it, that what did it mean to you to be in that spot?
0: Yeah, it meant the world to me. <clears throat> that was uh, Brian's idea. But like, not it was not some planned idea he had. He came to train um, at my ring and, and Harry was obviously there that day too. And so he, he decided, he was like, hey, Whoa, how cool would it be if we kind of recreate that picture? That was Brian Tillman's idea. That was his. And um
3: Okay, so it was your ring. Somebody wasn't just traveling with a cutout of Brett with them all the time.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah,
3: my ring, my, my my ring, we
0: have we have a cutout of Brett uh on the okay. wall. And we 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 make we make jokes that that uh you don't want to have a four to ten performance because Brett is watching. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's amazing. So <laughs> uh, we had
0: we, we we had an old one that like that um like this it got like faded from the sun and stuff and so brett sent us a new one and and autographed it so i don't remember which one's in the in the picture with with killman june with that we recreated i don't remember if it's the old brett or the new i think it might be it might have been just when we got the new brett so it's like a nice it's the nice one but um yeah man that was brian pillman's idea and <clears throat> i remember thinking like oh, damn, this is a cool idea. And, like, we took one, and then, like, okay, no, do another, do another. And then, uh, I man, I always, I always looked up a lot to Owen. Um, I, had, I had a very I, – I, I had a good relationship with Owen. I, we, were, we were close. I don't – like, I wasn't, like, insanely close to them or anything. It wasn't – but, I mean, I mean, he flew me to WrestleMania 12. He flew me to International Incident. Um, I remember he really wanted, when Teddy's brother passed away, Owen was, I he was really kind of looking out for us. And he he wanted us to, I remember he wanted us to work on getting our driver's license at the time. And I remember he said, like, he would help us out with the car and stuff like that. But at that time, I think it just, I got hit by a car when I was a kid, when I was, like, nine. And so I had a very big fear of driving, which is long gone, obviously. Doesn't work, doesn't work in this
1: business. <laughs>
3: And I'm, I'm 40 years old. I still don't have a license because of an accident when I was a kid. So I get you. have I, I Okay. So okay. Yeah, that. yeah,
0: yeah. So like, I didn't, I didn't want to let Owen down, but I also, I didn't want to get a driver's license. at I that I, I knew it was a big responsibility. And I, I like, I, I was a smart kid at 16, but, it, but it wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I, yeah. I couldn't have had a car. Not, not some, it was just, I, it wasn't for me anyway. So I think we kind of let him down with that, but we, I always had a nice close relationship with Owen where he like, he was always like, from a, from when I was young, even like he, when he, when he saw that we were like, finally started really taking a, a liking to wrestling, a, like a love to wrestling, actually. I remember one time, like it, this is such a cool experience and these aren't things I think about all the time, but t- in talking, you know, like, kind of jogs it a little bit,
2: <clears throat>
0: but like, Go down, go to a Sunday dinner one day. Then Owen's talking to Teddy and I, and he's like, "Hey, heard you guys are heard you guys are really coming along. Uh, let's go downstairs." Like, okay, so we're down there. It's Oge, Owen, myself, and Ted. And then um, at the time, we could do some we could do some wrestling moves, but we didn't know how to construct a match. We could do some moves, but we didn't know like where to put anything or. And so, Owen just like called out a match on the fly to us. And we just did it. We just did what he was like calling. And then uh, I remember he was like pretty impressed after. And he, he had a lot of really good advice and just like, he was like, uh, I just, I can't say enough good things about Owen and my, and my time with him. What I love about it is that towards the end, like I I was a wrestler, but before that I wasn't Owen. Like I wasn't a wrestler when I came to Owen. I was just, I was a kid, but he, took a liking to me and I, i'm like i said he flew me to wrestlemania 12. um that that was insane man he like I, I he was at sunday dinner and he said hey tj are you going to anaheim and i was like no and then i get home and then teddy's mom calls my house and said hey owen wants to invite invite you to to anaheim for wrestlemania 12. so cool so i mean i uh, mean like obviously we we've all heard the stories but like they're all they're all true but even more so like almost Ol- almost the man so to to stand in his position on that picture meant a lot and i i wasn't trying to say i'm Owen by any means i <laughs> they just needed someone needed to no. stand there
3: <laughs> Ol- Ol- and Ol- i think it was anybody else <laughs> And I truly do believe this because anybody else in that picture, I think the fans would have revolted going, no, no, no you can't stand where Owen is doing. Nobody said that about you. Nobody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's I you. I appreciate that.
1: You know? Yeah. Something that's kind of cool too, and I just kind of was thinking about this. Uh, I'm looking at your tag team history, you know, uh, you and Cesaro, you and Harry, a lot of similarities between like the Hart Foundation, you know, like you're the technical yeah. guy and, and, yeah. and Brett was the technical guy and then the Anvil was the big muscle did Jim give you lots of advice on, on, on how to work in those, that type of style? What's some of the best advice that the Anvil gave you?
0: Oh, man, he gave me hilarious advice um, before going to Japan. He's like, you know, they, they like to throw these little leg kicks. He's like, but if you, if you hit him with your – with like your outside of your – almost like your forearm, right on, the, right on the right part, it'll hurt their leg more than it'll hurt, hurt your arm or something. It just was <laughs> – I I didn't have to use it, but it was, but he was giving me like genuine advice. Uh, Yeah. Jim, Jim was, Jim was smart and he's really, he was really smart in terms of he would always just say like, he wouldn't really, he wouldn't always give me advice in terms of like, Hey, do this move or do that. His advice is more like, Hey, like this is what comes with the wrestling business. Like this, like, Hey, you show up at work and you don't like the, Creative that day, well, guess what? Next week it could change. That's the wrestling business. Don't, don't, don't go to war over this thing today because it might be so small. And it might like next week might be the reset and this, this, the start, this launch of this big push, or who knows like he was he he was very good at that type of advice of like just just understand it's like although you may be something may not like may rub you the wrong way, that doesn't mean it's the end of the world in that moment let it go and look at it from the bigger picture. Like he he was smart with that type of advice and, and, and Brett too gives me that type of advice a lot. Um, Jim, Jim, I, what he was maybe more so than like advice was very supportive. Like uh, he'd watch my matches all the time and he would, he would always have a lot of praise and a lot of like, like a lot of, pra- like when his friend would come over, that's a chiropractor, Doug, he would be like, he would, like, say, like, you see this match? He's like, this is one of the best tag matches in a long time. Like, he is very supportive, more so yeah. maybe than, than advice. Same with, like, like, so proud of, like, Natty and her accomplishments in the ring. Yeah. I, like I said, I think more supportive, more so than advice, in terms of overall. Like, he did give me advice, obviously, but I think he was more so, he, he was just, he was very supportive and a very strong role like that.
1: I always love when they put him on Total Divas with you guys. I thought he was so like it just and again fun is with the kind of like the theme of the interview so far. But it, it looked like he was just having a blast out there. Uh,
0: he 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 was and and it's too bad that this didn't happen. It was one of those things where it just came down to a time constraint. We were at WrestleMania in San Francisco, WrestleMania 31, and um, there was an idea. Well, not an idea. We, we were going to do it. I think Brad had a Brad had a signing somewhere and WrestleMania is hectic and nuts and there's so many people that it takes a long time to get everywhere especially day of uh brett had a signing somewhere and then getting him to the stadium they weren't able to get it in time but on the pre-show they wanted to do something where um it's like me cesaro and natty and we walk into jimmy hart brett and jim
1: oh wow that would have been and having
0: it it was, and it was going to be like it was going to be some kind of interaction where, like, we're because we're heels, and there's some kind of interaction where they say like, "Don't get too big for your bridge or you'll end up losing a title. Like something where they they're not like super warm to us. But I just remember thinking like, uh, maybe change the verbiage. We, we, they should be on our side. But yeah.
1: it's like a passing. But, on the torch.
0: But, but 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 that I don't really care. Like I don't mind if they, it's like they're giving us this tough love or whatever. But I really wanted. um. I really wanted that moment to, to like happen so it could live forever. But it, unfortunately, just the timing, it didn't work out. So it got scrapped. But it would have been a cool, even, even if for nothing, like just the picture of the six of us face-to-face would have been cool.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so something I, I kind of want to talk about a little bit, but not in the way that I'm sure you normally talk about it. You know, obviously, unfortunately, you suffered a terrible injury in the ring in a match. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you've talked about that a lot. Can you kind of talk about, like the recovery process from that, because I think that your story is very inspirational. You know, you had kind of your dream taken away from you when you're not ready for it. And and you put in all this hard work. And and I'm sure from an emotional standpoint, that was very hard for you. But now like I'm talking to you and I'm looking at you, you found a new way to still live your dream out. Uh, You look incredible in great shape. Uh, And I I just think that your story could maybe inspire a lot of other people. Do you have any advice that you can give people that are maybe going through that hard period? Because I think the the mental aspect of that must be just as hard, right?
0: Yeah. It's uh, honestly without, like, I can't, sure. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Um, it's tough for me, for me personally, and I can only speak personally. Um, so i went from having a schedule i i i had i i have a picture of it on my phone i had my calendar they they just give me my calendar for the next three months so for all of june oh sorry for all of yeah june july and august and i we were booked Zara and i were booked on everything man it was i had all these i think they had x's on the days you were where i had like i was booked i just never see it like oh and at that point i just moved I just moved to a new house. I remember thinking like, so this is the long version of the story. They, they gave us the schedule the day before and we, were on, we weren't on as many shows. We were on, at the time they had a red and a blue loop. The, red loop. the red loops live events were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The blue one, which was SmackDown, but the brands weren't really separate. They weren't separate at the time. The blue one started and it was Saturday, Sunday. And then you'd go to TV Monday, go to TV Tuesday. So if I was on a red loop, That meant I was on for five days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, go home Wednesday. Um, So I got, I got my calendar and I was on the blue. I only had four and Cesaro was livid. He said, you see that? And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking in my head, I just moved. I'm going to get an extra day a week at home. It'll be good. And then he's like, no, man, we're not doing that. And uh, maybe an hour. uh, Yeah. I think it was the same day. I get handed the, the sheet and now we're on all red. Now it's like, <laughs> now those, now those Fridays I had offered, they're God. gone. back <laughs> on the road. But we're also filming Total Divas at that time. So, so I go from working, I mean, not only, not all day, but almost seven days a week of like, so I fly out, I fly out Friday morning, wrestle Friday night, take the drives out of it. I wrestle Friday night, I wrestle Saturday night, I wrestle Sunday I'm at TV Monday. I may not wrestle, but I'm at TV Monday. I may not wrestle Tuesday, but I'm at TV Tuesday. I fly home Wednesday. I I get home Wednesday, or like late morning, early afternoon, and I fly out again Friday morning. I, I'm home for like thirty six hours a week, and and then we're filming Total Divas at home. So Jeez. like my my days were busy, like so busy. And then I and then I'm saying all that to say then when I had this injury, like. It went from seven days a week to zero, nothing. And then just like I had uh, I waited three weeks to get the surgery. because um, my mom, my mom wanted to fly down. So I flew her down. I got the surgery and then for the next so I got the surgery end of June 2015. And I'm not I become a I started as a producer two years later, like almost to the day of my surgery i mean it, it, it was a long recovery and a long process and it was tough and it was like with my knee my knee was different i knew i was coming back to wrestle with my knee With my neck i knew there's a great chance i wasn't yeah with my knee the knee's different i also like i can do therapy like once you got to let the tissue heal once the tissue's kind of healed now it's on me to kind of mold that tissue into my tissue so i have to like do that work with the neck is different. They fuse a bone and it's like, act- Hey, oh, my cats is the old one. And then it's actually the opposite. It's no work. I, they, I had to wear the brace, the collar for three months. And like, they just don't want you to move that way. the bone can, can the bone they put in can get grown. Your own bone will grow over it and fuse it all in there. But like, I tough. It's tough to go from, from working seven days a week or you know on the road five days a week to to nothing yeah. and to be yeah, not not on purpose by anybody but to be kind of isolated like everybody all my my friends are all at work and they're all at work working and they're on the road five five days a week just like I was on the road five days a week prior to that so like uh, a lot a lot of like a lot of loneliness A lot of just being like Natty's on the road full time while while I'm hurt, while I'm having, while I'm recovering. Which I mean, that's why she has the the most matches of any woman in (laughs) Dota history. She she doesn't stop working right now. She does not stop working. But yeah, man, it was it was tough. It was I I I knew I knew I would I knew I would come out on the other end. I, I just I believe I say I know that I believed in that, and I didn't let go of that belief. But there was it was tough times. Uh, I just remember sitting there and like, I remember right after the surgery, when I'm in uh, like when I'm in my uh, hotel bed that night, my uh, my hotel my hospital bed that night, and uh, I just remember th- like my head and neck were throbbing, and I was like man, I shouldn't have got the surgery. But the, op- the other option was like, oh, the other, it was like, like there well, there really was no option but to get the surgery. So uh, I just remember thinking like, man, like this feels, it had already sucked and it even feels worse now. And then two weeks later, it started to like that subside, like it, then it felt a strong, it started to get stronger. And I was able to work out the whole time, but like very, 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 very light. And that was kind of like, that's kind of like my one thing I had in the day was that I would like go to the gym and I could do a little bit of like bike. And then, a, then a, after a little bit, I got cleared to, to lift. Uh, but really light and all like machines. I, I couldn't, wasn't allowed to do like free weights and dumbbells and stuff. And I love working out. It just was like, it just was, it was tough, man. It took, like, I wasn't able to work out properly. And I, of course, wasn't on the road. I wasn't wrestling. I wasn't uh, with like my peers and my friends. In the way, I, in the way that I would want to be, or that I had been prior to this injury. So I mean, I, I can't sugarcoat it. I can't lie. It, it's very tough. Anybody that's going through it or about to go through it, like it's just, it, it is tough. But, okay. but if, but if you believe in yourself, you can, you can overcome it. Uh, I'll send you guys a link after this. A friend just sent it to me. Uh, so I have my C one and C two fused. Um, I'm supposed. I was supposed to lose. More than fifty percent of my range of motion, side to side, but I have, oh wow, fairly decent. I'll, I'll send you guys a video of this. Of my friend sent me of a, a guy on TikTok who had his C one and C two fused, and I like he might be able to do that. Jeez, yeah, like so. I, I like I don't know why I have like when I I whenever we're in it's in it, he was here in Tampa did my surgery, but now he's in Phoenix. So going back to Phoenix again, wow. every time I'm in Phoenix, I go and see him for a checkup and. The last couple of times, like the last time I saw him, it was very cool, man, because he he was like admiring his work, but he just was looking at me and he was, like, he was like, he's like, he's like, TJ, I did the surgery on you. But like, if you just walked in here right now, I would never guess you were a guy that had C1 and C2 fusion. Yeah. You don't look like that at all. He was like admiring his work of like what a what a job he had done a little bit and and, and putting over my... My hard work, but it, it was it was kind of funny, man. Every time I see him, uh, he always reminds me. He's like, "Okay, just remember, like, just just still, you 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 look great, you feel great, but just still, just take it a little bit easy."
1: Yeah, and you know it's just, it's really inspiring to see you come out and then find this new chapter in your career and and just all the praises that you're reading that you're getting all your fantastic work in the women's division. Like, I, I just think it's great for people to hear maybe the other side of that because you know the work that gets in there, and you're just a great example of, of believing in yourself and getting through that. So,
0: yeah, I don't I don't know where that came from. I don't know where being a producer or even like or even even like so. To even be good at it, or to even like, who's to say that I'm going to be good at it? But who's to say that I'm going to be good at it and that I'm going to like it or or love it? Like, these are a lot of different variable options that aren't like, who? Who's to say? I I, I would never have guessed. Uh, you know what? Jo- Johnny would talk to me prior about when I was in town. He would talk about being a producer when it was all said and done, and I would tell him absolutely not. I did. I couldn't see myself being a producer. There was no way. And here I am. Here I am. I mean, I've been the a producer for this. <laughs> right? You,
1: you've got knowledge going from from Stu, Davey, Owen. Like you know, th- these are lessons that have been taught that that they're yours, and, and the fact that you're passing it on for this generation is so amazing to keep these these. I honestly,
0: going. I I honestly thought it would be too hard to be this closely associated with wrestling without being able to do it. Now, obviously, I've seen a lot of people do it. I've seen, like I was saying earlier, like Ross and Bruce Hart these guys, these guys train me and instilled a lot of really good psychology in me that still I apply, you know, almost 30 years later. Um, but like for, like they did, they didn't wrestle in WWE full time. You know what I mean? So like, I realized by looking around, like you can be a part of this without having to actually be in the ring. Mm. And maybe it, maybe over time, it isn't as hard to be around and it isn't, And then I realized after a little bit, like, okay, when things go great, I probably get like, I'd probably say, okay, so if if I'm a talent or if I'm a producer, if I'm a talent and I have a match, I feel like a hundred percent. Like if I have what I think is a pretty good match, I I feel a hundred percent of that, that energy. Um, as a producer and it goes great i say i get probably 70%. i can feel like 70% of that. Yeah. Which is awesome. But the trade off is i feel 0% zero of the of the physical exertion. <laughs> zero i'm not getting i'm not getting kicked in the head. I'm not bumping on the dungeon mat That's anymore. It. So, it turns out the trade off is amazing. And and honestly working with the women and they're the ones who without them like this praise wouldn't would never happen online no one would ever know about it that's the reason you don't like they're not you don't always hear about everybody else because like a lot of times the guys were a little bit more private or whatever but the the women are very they're very funny i I love them i love working with the girls they're they're amazing they're literally amazing and it's it's a it's i would i don't know where this came from but it's better than my uh my own in-ring career. I feel like it's bigger, For much sure. bigger.
3: So we we could do this all day long. We really could. Uh, in interest of your time, I'll throw out my last two questions and let, then <laughs> let gotcha. uh, and then and then let Tyler finish her up. My first of the two um, comes from because you brought up in your last statement, you brought up uh, uh, Natty's work rate and how much she works, and you brought up loving working with the women. So I got to ask. Um, Without, I'm not asking to speak for Natty. Obviously, you're not going to do that. But being around her, you must know how she felt. What did it mean to Natty? What did it mean to Natty? And what does it mean to you for Natty to get chosen to work? It's uh, uh, the first woman to work in Saudi Arabia.
0: Yeah. Ooh. Again, goosebumps because I know yeah. I know what it meant. I know what it meant to her. Uh, I know that she was uh, specifically. Right chosen I uh from from Vince. Wow. Like personally. So he 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 has a lot of respect for her, obviously, and, and really likes her. She um yeah, that that was that was crazy just because like, you know, it's you just don't know at in the moment, in the real time, I remember I'm backstage in Gorilla watching the match and just like a water bottle gets thrown at on Maddie's entrance. I just remember thinking like uh oh and then nothing else no other incident obviously and now we've now we've been there a few like that match those women just had a crown jewel was awesome but mm, yeah go back to like that Nat, Nat, natty and lacy match was so special because like this is leg- this is like for real for real groundbreaking this doesn't this is does not happen over there this is like this isn't like a record This, like, isn't, like, a a record in, like, a wrestling record book. This is, like, a real, real real-world thing. These two women having this first-ever match over there. It was big. And and on pay-per-view from coming, emulating from Saudi Arabia. Like, it was crazy. Um, I was so proud of them. I was so proud of both of them, especially, like, it's kind of funny because Lacey is from the military, so she... She uh, she like told Natty like no matter what we're gonna be okay if this like she she has in her mind little like she had escape plan like she is funny man she is yeah it it, it meant the world to Natty Natty uh, I, she she loves going there she she loves going there and she, like they almost like, this last time she was there they almost brought her as like an ambassador on the trip wow. so she's. Yeah, she. she it, it meant it meant a lot to uh, meant
3: a lot to her and, and to the company.
1: Awesome, that's cool.
3: And my and my last question um, has to do with your a little bit of your time in NXT. I, I feel like you had something that the other guys in NXT didn't have. You literally grew up under the learning tree of the hearts. You also had a lot of experience behind you by the time you got to NXT. So my question: after learning under under the hearts for so long, and you already had that. Were you able to appreciate in full uh, being able to sit under the uh, under the learning tree of Dusty? And what's Dusty's teaching methods and what did you learn from Dusty that you feel like you maybe didn't get from your time with the hearts? Uh,
0: I mean with Dusty it was obviously about personality and, and promo. Um, he obviously cared, he obviously cared about work, but if he saw, yeah. They, Cody would kind of talk about it sometimes, like Dusty almost liked um, broken toys, so he could could fix them. If somebody was like too perfect, it's like nothing for Dusty to work on. Yeah. So uh, Dusty, I think Dusty liked working with people that he thought could go in the ring, and then they just needed like that extra touch or or whatever. You know, he he, the truth is he liked working with everybody. Like uh, there's a time where Tarver Tarver was cutting like amazing promos in FCW, and Dusty. Dusty was like 100% behind it and like, loved what he was doing. Then Abraham Washington as well. Like Dusty created a really cool promo vibe in um, FCW. Then I got called up and later becomes NXT and it became even bigger, became way bigger. And when I, I got sent back down to work with Dusty on promos, and to drive to the performance center is about an hour and a half from my house. Wait,
2: can you have-
0: so I was driving there. I was very nervous, thinking like, "Oh man, I got to go do a promo. I'm,
2: I'm gonna,
0: it's gonna, I'm gonna bomb. Uh, it's gonna be in front of these NXT guys. This is gonna be terrible." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I get there, like, in, so here's what's so funny, man. In my mind, in my mind, I'm gonna cut this terrible promo, and then Dusty's gonna say, "Look at this guy. He's been on the main roster for five years." And all of you guys here in NXT can cut a better promo than him. <laughs> Whatever. In my yeah. mind, I'm playing out the worst-case scenario possible. Uh, the, the truth is, and this is, where, this is what I really learned from Dusty. Uh, this, is how, this is how I really figured out this whole, this everything we do, not just in wrestling, but, it, but especially in wrestling, for me, is confidence. It's all confidence. I showed up that day, and bef- I came up to do my promo. And then Dusty stopped before I even did anything. And he, uh, like you'd stand in front of the, in front of the, the, the curtain, but they, they had a monitor that Dusty would watch. And Dusty said, hold on, before, teacher, don't go. And he said, look, everybody, look at this monitor. Look at what he looks like on that. He's like, this guy looks like a movie star. He's like, this guy's work. Nobody, bell to bell, nobody can touch this guy. He's like, if this, if he gets his promos, it's even 50% of what, what he is in the ring he's like he said nobody's touching this kid i just remember being like does he thinks this about me (laughs) what he believes in me like this i I, i'm driving the last 90 minutes i've been driving here thinking i'm gonna be made an example of like look this is why you come here and work here because otherwise you could be five years on the main roster and everyone here is going to cut a better promo than you I, I was blown away, blown away, man. It meant the world to me that Dusty, like, and I realized this, this is all confidence. This, like the promos too, this is all confidence, all of it. I'm confident in the ring because I train a lot in the ring. I kind of run away from promos. So I realized I have to attack them to get better at them. And that, yeah, Dusty helped me so much, man. It, confidence. And I, and I think that's what I do my best to try to, try to pass on is, is build that confidence. Cause I know when you're confident, like you feel like you could conquer or do anything.
1: that's cool. That's cool. Um, I'll ask you my last couple of questions here and then we'll, we'll let you get on with your day. Um, you know, you kind of read these things every now and then, these stories online and take it with a grain of salt, obviously, right? Uh, sometimes there's some rewrites or like the magic of live TV, your timing gets cut or whatever. Do you have any fun stories that might involve you either as a talent or as a producer where you guys have had to work on the fly, change something that's been totally planned and you're just like, oh, like crap, we got to, we, we went from 12 minutes to 30 seconds. And, and how do you kind of cope with that on the fly?
0: That'd do. That. That's a great question. I mean, it happens. As a producer, this happens like every week. Even if it's just like lose a minute or two, or gain a minute or two. Uh As a talent, I'm trying. to – I know I have one big. not not big. Not big, but it was kind of funny. I'm trying to think. So we're we're in Austin, Texas. To be me against Mark Henry, I think the. Supposed um, not, there's no finish at the BQ, and I have that Jackson Andrews bodyguard. Yeah, and, yeah. Then, and we're supposed to leave Mark Henry laying. And we're supposed to, like, kick the hell out of Mark in Austin where he's from. Like, it's going to be good heat. <laughs> we're in Gorilla, and uh, Dolph, Vicky, and Cena are in the ring. And the heat is insane for Vicky's promo. Like, Nuts. That on the fly it gets decided that Cena and Dolph is going to be two segments and uh, and ours uh, me versus mark that which was next is scrapped oh. didn't happen oh. didn't happen oh. the next the next week I wrestle Mark Henry on raw he beats me and then he hits uh <laughs> Jackson Andrews with the world's strongest slam and then he's not seen again so it, it very so much she, oh, it altered it altered things very much. That's insane. But I had, I had a match literally scrapped in Gorilla. Uh as a producer uh Survivor it, it was the, it was the Thunderdome at least that was Survivor series the like, qualify match it was Natty, Chelsea, Tamina and Liv. And Chelsea is supposed to win and uh Chelsea broke her wrist. Oh, geez. Like, I, like at one point, Chelsea's supposed to make a save and doesn't make the save. And I just thought, oh, it's, it's like she's, it was her first match or whatever on the main run, like her first one back on SmackDown. And, uh, and Chelsea's supposed to qualify. And she broke her wrist. She's supposed to make the save. I said, Chelsea's gonna make the save. She didn't. Then I thought, oh, okay, she just, she missed you. Then, then someone buzzed me like, yo, uh, Chelsea broke her wrist then it's like now I have to like now I'm getting confirmation on now who's gonna win and at one point it was like uh Tamina no Natty no live so it was like it in like a in a four minute match or however long that match is. we had four different finishes
1: that's amazing
0: (laughs) and and three and three of them were on the fly completely on the fly live tv i mean it was thunderdome but it was a lot it was a lot so i mean like it, that is crazy because it it's one thing if, you, if it's like if you have 20 minutes it's you have no you have a lot of time to think about it and figure it out in the crunch it's tough and and four different four different brains thinking it just it's just crazy man oh. uh that's so those, those two i think those two really stand out
1: for that that's crazy um, I just kind of quickly before we like go want to talk about kind of what you're working on right now. Uh, one thing I love seeing is all the clips that you're posting on your Instagram of, of the training sessions that you're doing with people in the warehouse there. Um, I yeah. love seeing even stuff like when you got um, Brody jr. In there with, you know, working around because it's kind of like, it reminds me of a throwback to the heart family, you know, bringing you when you were yeah. young training in the dungeon, uh, how did kind of your training center come about and how much fun are you guys having in, in there doing that?
0: So much fun. So we were looking for a, a place to put the like, store of these supplements and, and also set up a ring. And I knew I wanted, I knew I wanted a WWE ring because and I know, even if I didn't work in WWE, I would say WWE rings are the best rings I've ever been in by far. And so I knew like, I wanted to train people. If I want to train people, I want them to be trained in a 20 foot ring. I don't want them to train in a 16 foot and then have sure. like, it's, it's harder to adjust 16 and then go into a 20 foot ring is harder to adjust from being in 20 and down to 16 that's a little bit easier mm-hmm. the other way is going to like blow you up and throw your t- like it just it it becomes a lot so yeah. anyway i just i you always knew i wanted a wwe ring so i i reached out to johnny and then i reached out to vince and then man it was crazy i reached out to vince and he was like yeah no problem He was, he was great with it and Less than a week later, I, I had a, a ring sent to me. That's awesome. A WWE ring. Uh, I think they used on some European tours or something. But it was during the pandemic, and so they were like, "Okay, we can send TJ this ring." And then this is, they put in like a memo to like build a new ring to replace replace the ring that they just used. And since 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 we were just doing Thunderdome, there were no no tours. You know, they had more than enough time to to get to take care of that. So it just. For me, luckily, just half the timing just happened to work out. Otherwise, it would, would have been a bit harder, I think, and taking yeah. a bit more time. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love uh, even days where I feel like I, if I feel a little burned out, I'm like, oh, I don't really want to go. Once I go, I feel great. And, and ideas just start coming in. I just, something about this wrestling thing, man, even if I, like, avoid it for a couple of days, it, it comes right back. And like the ideas just come instantly. I can't just tell them wired. I it's just I, I love it, I appreciate it. It's but it's funny, I can't get away from it.
1: Oh, 100%. And even from a fan standpoint, like I think right now is the greatest time to be a wrestling fan on the planet. There's so many great things out there, whether it's you know something smaller like GCW, uh, the stuff Impact and AEW does, and the WWE is hitting home runs on all the major shows right now. Uh, you know, someone who's watched Dude. this for over 30 years, this is this is amazing.
0: If I, I couldn't imagine if I were a kid right now. Right? Yeah. Like, you, you, like you mentioned, I, I, earlier, I told you guys earlier, right? King of the Ring 94. Like, I played the hell out of that tape.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> like, and, I, and I and would watch action
1: all week watch. long. <laughs> yeah. Where's my update?
3: Yeah. You mentioned earlier about watching wrestling in, in Canada. You had to wait till 9 o'clock at night to, 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 to see it. Now, in the internet era, you know, you, you can watch whatever you want, when you want. You have 15 shows every three days yeah. to watch. Man, we, yeah. we 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 were lucky to get WCW nitro a week late. <laughs>
0: yeah I was gonna say we, we didn't get nitro till 97. Yeah exactly.
1: <laughs> like I, I remember being Dave,
0: a kid. Davy had direct TV. So like I remember catching some nitros at, at their house, but like otherwise. It, it didn't it didn't air on in canada on tsn till like 97 like
1: i i remember being a kid in 92 and and putting superstars on 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 saturday afternoon and and mean gene opens the show and goes ladies and gentlemen your new world champion Bret hart and i'm like what like and i'm on the, i'm picking up the phone call my friends like are you seeing this like our guy's the champ like uh, it's just so fun to you know not have dude like, i i and,
0: remember so like, it, it's dudes. it's a- well they say it's a heart it's heart time, but I I think I've always been late my whole life. I'm late, I'm late for things, just how it the heart family is, and so am I. So it's a perfect marriage. And then they just think I have heart time, but it's not it's not from them. I just am late anyway. But anyway, I remember getting to school and Teddy's brother like met me like literally right before we have to go to homeroom and was like, Hey, do you know who the chick, who the and do my school started at 8 a.m.? This is like seven fifty-five or something. And I'm so tired. He's like, do you know who the WWF champion is? And I was like, uh, I'm trying to, like going through the, I was like, uh, Ric Flair. He's like, no, Brett. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Brett won last night. And then like, then like literally like, ding! like the bell starts ringing. I have to go to homeroom. Like, oh, what? <laughs> Hold on so, so I, I knew a couple of days before I turned on that superstars that, that Brett had won the title.
1: That's great. Um, that's amazing. I I just that's I, one of I, I my. I remember
0: favorites. you saying. I remember that.
1: Yeah, that's when they like make one the my, announcement. My favorite childhood wrestling memories is that yeah. Brett was Brett was my guy, obviously, right? Um, yeah. So before we let you go, we just want to thank you for all your time. Can you tell everybody about um, Workhorse Fitness and all your social media where people can find you?
0: Yeah, on Twitter at TJ Wilson and uh, Instagram at TJ Wilson Seven Eleven. I I couldn't get TJ Wilson, so I just added my birthday Seven Eleven um workhorse fitness uh supplement company that that i've started um we are so just with shipping costs and stuff over this pandemic it got really crazy so at the moment we're kind of shifting a little bit more towards still still our supplements but more towards uh clothing Hmm. like uh our shirts do really well we're looking at getting uh different shorts and sweatpants and things like that um but uh instagram is at workhorse fitness and uh and workhorsefitness.com is the website so yeah man it's 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 kind of a fun thing for me to do i would say on the side but sometimes it takes i try my best to not let it take up too much precedence but obviously it happens but uh uh, yeah it's 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 been good it's been I, I wanted to develop a pre-workout that I really wanted to use. So uh, I think uh, we've accomplished that. And, I, you know, it's it's been, a fun, it's been a fun experience. And I've learned a lot of different things doing this.
1: Awesome, man. And we've learned a lot talking to you today. We really appreciate we your time. Uh, thank you for joining us on The 100th <laughs> Show. Mike, do you want to take us home?
3: Absolutely. Again, thank you so much, TJ. On behalf of our 100th Show and TJ Wilson, we have been counted out.
0: Thank you guys for having me, man. It's it's an honor to be a part of your hundredth episode. I really appreciate it.
3: Hey, this is Brett Hitman Hart. I want to wish all the best. Jock Rougeau and his wrestling Academy 2022. I know they got a big event coming up, a big contest and a great opportunity for wrestlers across Canada, men and women to train and maybe win $5,000 and ultimately get a chance to train with QT Marshall and the Nightmare Factory and maybe get a chance to maybe wrestle for AEW. But all I know is this is a great opportunity for every young wrestler and I want to just thank Jock Russo for putting the idea together. I hope it works out really well. And may the best wrestlers win. <laughs>